STO Sports Network. This show brings the temperature of sports to a whole new level. Whether it's a local opinion or a national agenda, everything is fair game. Remember, everyone has an opinion, but only few can back it up. Now sit back, crank up the volume, and if you think you can handle it, get ready for the heat. Welcome, everybody. It is Heat Ratio Live right here. As always, already got Dan. Uh, I'm your host, Tony Jigsaw. Joined by Al Griffin, Dan Old School Green. This is Heat Ratio Live brought to you by Heat Ratio Sports. Uh, Listen, man, a lot of interesting things going on. We're right at the All-Star break for baseball. So tonight, right off the eve of the Home Run Derby, and God damn it, I almost had the triple threat. I almost had Julio. I, I was on serious on the night. I said, yo, locking in all three bets. I got two out of three, but that's okay. I'll take that any day as long as I've met. Lost. It doesn't matter. Uh, so we'll talk about Philly's midseason report. We got some grades to give out. We're going to talk some Sixers news, a disappearing act of Doc Rivers, and see all of a sudden he has resurfaced. I'll tell you what he, he said. It's all about underappreciated players in sports. And also, we have a very interesting, it's, I don't know if it's a Jigsaw Chronicle, but just actually like a final judgment vote, but tipping strategies when we talk about takeout because I was hanging out with some neighbors Friday night. Uh, it was fantastic. Just nice, relaxing night. And we had different perspectives on tipping for takeout. So I'm really curious to see uh, what everybody says. Um, a lot of big things happen in the news, boys. Locally, we got the the best show ever now uh, starting uh, August 1st on, on 97.5 The Fanatic. Which, listen, I, I, you know, I was going to talk about something, and I'll, I'll say it real fast, but it's just the ultimate disrespect that, that media members get through Twitter because everybody with a microphone thinks already they're a professional. So... All I have to say is you may not like people. I said this before. You may not like people, but that's okay. Just say you don't dig it. You don't have to run people's names through the mud just because you don't like them or you don't like their style. So I'm just glad. I'll be honest with you. I'm glad that they didn't do a retread. They actually took somebody who's young, whether you like them or not, and Hunter Brody, and they put him on the microphone and said, you know what? Instead of taking a guy off the sofa that's been retired for 10 years, we're going to give a young guy a shot, a new voice. So I actually do like that, and I do like Ricky Bell. I think he's a good, and I've always liked Tyrone. So I think that's going to be a, a, a pretty good show. Um, and then Jacob Media today, yeah, you know, they, Mike Missinelli resurfaces on the Eagles post game show, right? Eagles <laughs> post game show. So that's going to be interesting. So a lot of big things happening, but boys, let's get right in. Number one last night was phenomenal. I love the home run derby, but we got the Philadelphia Phillies to talk about. And I'll tell you, man, midseason report. And I got some numbers before we get into grades. Let me just throw out some numbers here for you, boys, because, you know, this is going to be 2022 versus 2021 at the all-star break. So this is the the plus or minus in each category. So 2022 to 2021, you're plus 81 in hits, plus 22 in home runs, plus 29 in runs scored. And here's the interesting one, minus 15 in walks and plus 45 in strikeouts, 246 to 241. Then, you know what's sticking out right there is the strikeouts. I know we're going to talk about individual players, but right off the bat, what are these numbers and what does this midseason grade say to you? So we have 81 more hits than we did last year. 22 more home runs, 20, 29 more runs. What? I'm just, I'm analyzing it. I'm letting it, I'm letting it sink in. Um, But what's the, what was the record? At this point last year, Tone. You know what? I did not look at that. So that 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 that's part of the equation too. And I think they were a ballpark. But one thing I did see is um they had the same record. I don't I don't know exactly which game it was during the Marlin series. Um they had the same record at this time as they did in two thousand and eight. Yes. So the bottom line is they've they're a flawed team that is still in the hunt. And we've all talked about Will they get on that eight, nine game winning streak? They kind of had that when they first had Thompson join as the manager. They got on that role to get into this position. And then they've been on a 
you know, a seesaw ever since, you know, like as Al mentioned before the show, um, we were all down on them. Then they, then they won three in a row against Florida. Like we always are. Right. But I just, I just, I can't, I, I can't get a feel for this team. I can't comfortably say this team is going to, you know, win seven out of 10 games or win four out of five series straight. I, I just can't get a feel. But that being said, everyone talks about they don't have Bryce Harper. Of course, God, God willing, he'll get back healthy and not rush himself. But we haven't had Gene Segura for a while. That man can hit. And we're with, with, with Segura out, you're forced to play, unfortunately, an overmatched Bryce and Stott right now. So somehow, some way, and Nick Castellanos, we've talked about him. I know you're very high on him, but he really hasn't performed well. JT hasn't performed well. It's been Schwarber and Hoskins, and before Bryce got hurt, those guys were carrying a team, and of course, their starting pitching and, and bullpen has come on lately. So it, it, it's kind of like a golf game. You want everything. To, you want to drive, putt, and have your short game all work at the same time. No, and you want absolutely. your hitting, pitching, and fielding all to click at the same time like the Dodgers always do. So if we can get everything going, because every facet of our team has been awesome this year. It has. We just need it to be consistent, and that's what I'm looking for. But what I will say before I get to Al about Castellanos, because you know I'm a Castellanos guy, and I yeah. still think he's going to come around. You know, diving deep into his stats, 121 Ks last year, full year. This year, at the halfway point, 94 Ks. But here's the funny thing. Runners in scoring position last year, 295 for the whole year. Halfway point this year, 305. So the, the crazy thing is Castellanos, as bad as he's looked, with only eight home runs, he get 34 last year. There's no way in hell he's getting a 34. Been lucky to hit 20 this year uh, with the way he's going. But crazy as it is, Al, like Dan said, they're still producing. They're still winning games. And like you said, they went to Florida. Al, when was the last time they went to Miami, Florida, and took a series? Two thousand ten. That's a long time. I mean, uh, it was doom and gloom before that series started. Everybody counted that first game automatically as the loss. Like Scherzer was going to be on the mound. Like the guy is good. Obviously, he showed how good he was. He still had. What do you have, 10 to 12 uh, strikeouts, even though we got a couple runs off of them? Uh, that kid's got some filthy stuff. Um, we pulled out the, the, the win, and then we got two more. Uh, everybody would, before the series is like, oh, my God, here we go again. Miami, we're about to go into the all-star break. It's over. Yeah. And then when, our, when, we, when we sweep them, everybody, oh, so what? We're supposed to do that. Like, come on. It's like. It's typical Philly, um, but you know, dude, we just went fell right back into our thing, getting timely hits, people stepping up uh, that that doesn't normally step up, uh, you know. So we we're we're okay, we're okay. Everybody, I, I don't know, Cassiano's. Uh, I heard this guy on WIP the other day. He said he looked up some stats and he said. That um and I, and I forgot to check into it, but he he he, he threw that he threw out a stat, and the guys on WIP uh looked it up, and but I wanted to look it up. He said he was awful on the road. It was his home stats that was very 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 good, but he was awful on the road, and and they were they were very it, that's very interesting that he was not that good on the road. Um. So I'm I'm looking forward to this second half. Uh Cigar, I don't know how everybody forget. And if he was very underrated. He he hits for the average. He does all the little small things. He's fast. He's going to steal some bases. He's going to do all the little things that you need him to do that we're missing. Um, those timely hits that you know somebody might strike out on or the bases loaded and we got the wrong person up at bat. We like, oh, he's up at bat and we need we need a hit here. And he didn't strikes out. Segura's going to get those hits. And of course, we're missing Bryce. So everybody, guys, just relax. Just relax. Uh, who we got? We got Chicago coming back uh, three or four games coming out at All Star break. And then the Braves after that. 
So um, we we obviously we owe the Braves a little bit, but uh, we got to relax. Everybody, the pitching is very well. It's going very well now. Uh, the st- Come on, people. Give the bullpen the credit it deserves. We were, like, praying and, and, and you know, everything else and doing chants and everything else when the bullpen came in. You automatically thought that we were going to get blown up if the bullpen were coming in. Now everybody's doing their job doing what they need to do, shutting it down when he needs to shut down. Even, uh, uh, what's the guy, what's the kid's name that, that closed the other night after he, he loaded the bases? Alvarado. No, the, the other kid. Canable. Canable. No, not Canable. Uh, the, the, Bilotti. Uh, who? Bilotti? No. Uh, was, it in the, was it in that first Miami game? The flame oh, Doming- Anthony Dominguez. I don't yes. know. Yes, I, Dominguez. I name every closer. bullpen piece. Dominguez is their closer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but he, 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 everybody he a, was. I don't yeah. remember his uh, outing. He had a wild yeah, outing. Yeah, he, he, he came in. He was all over the place, and, but he closed it down. He, he made it happen. Uh, everybody was scared out of their mind, and he made it happen. So, you know, we, we got to just hold it down so everybody gets back. And, and that's that's the most important thing. Get some timely hitting, and that makes it a lot easier. But pitching is is surprise. Starting and bullpen has, has shocked everybody, and we got to give them credit for that because it was awful. I mean, putrid the last couple of years. Listen, man, it, it was it was really bad. And and listen, it's just like football, man. Defense wins championships, and guess what? Pitching wins championships. If you can't pitch, you can't win. Uh, Adam checking in, get letting us know. Is uh, Adam, my man, checking in? Uh, he's talking about the bullpen. He's talking about Segura should be coming back soon. Harper got his pins out today, and his, now Aaron Nola needs out. Let me tell you something, man. He's Aaron like- Nola has pitched the best he's pitched since probably 2017, uh, and I will take. I will take Nola and Wheeler up against almost anybody. Obviously, Degrom and Scherzer are in the league of their own. Okay, I'm not. And I'm yeah, hearing big boys saying right? that, or MLB yes. people saying yes. exactly that. Like you better be scared if you got to worry about Nola and Wheeler in the playoff series. Hundred percent. A problem, man. It's a problem. And and you know what? What I will say about the bullpen, Dan, is it's all about consistency. It's all about knowing your role. You know, we talked about that before. These guys know what their role is, and they're also understanding of, you know what? If this guy can't go, I'm going to be the guy. It's not going to be like Russian roulette. Who do I pick? Who's going to to get thrown in the game? I mean, everybody has really solidified their roles, uh, you know, and this is all about Rob Thompson, Dan. This is all about Rob Thompson being that calm, cool, collective guy. I, You know, I know we've talked about it before, but just having guys faith in guys not overreacting not getting crazy you know i did what what did you think i'm curious to see what you thought you know you got iron nola pitching a hell of a game he's got 100 pitches comes in he gives up two unfortunate hits they you know they if the shift wasn't on they probably get it the one was a little quirky but you know he gives them a quick hook he brings in alvarado at first i was like come on rob just let him finish the game but then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I look back, and, and it looked like he was kind of out of gas, loses control a little bit. And I think that was the right move where, you know, anybody else might have just got feeling and said, now we're just going to keep him in because we want to get on the complete game. But what do you think about that? I, I didn't mind it. I mean, I, I saw what you saw. And, and, and you've always said to me, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes at times. Right. Perhaps uh, in the dugout, you know, JT was like, yeah, he, he looks like he's laboring a little bit. I mean, you, you, you never know. So I, I have no problem with that. But I, I also want to address something you said earlier, which I think you're spot on. Um, part of the reason that Girardi was a bad manager is he managed by numbers, almost, you know, like paint by numbers kind of thing. Whereas there was a game uh, a few weeks ago when they were playing the Cardinals, and I think it was uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado was coming up, and it was like the seventh inning. And Sir Anthony started that inning. Because that was essentially the most important inning of the game. Yep. So that's the role. The role isn't Sir Anthony has to be the ninth inning guy. It's like you're going to come in against the tough righties late in the game. Brad, you're going to come in against the tough lefty part of the lineup late in the game. It might not be the ninth, but it's going to be a crucial part of the game. That's your role. So there isn't, Sir Anthony doesn't have to be the closer in the ninth inning. 
Um, so-and-so doesn't have to be the setup man in the eighth inning. Um, that's, that's managing by numbers, and I don't like that. Thompson goes by gut, and that's your role. And then I think they know that you're going to come in against the heart of the lineup late in the game. doesn't necessarily have to be the ninth. No, I agree 100%. Let's, let's do this, uh, you know, because we want to get the off-season grades, and we want to get our mid-season grades, let's just say. Uh, and we'll just go around the horn here, man. Like, what's your grade go? You know, obviously A to D, what you think. And, and, and Dan, I'll, I'll start with you. We'll go right to left. And right away, uh, I, got, I, I had the numbers there, but we'll go right down the horn, man. If I, You know, we're talking uh, starting pitchers. Starting pitching right now. You, you know, what grade do you get a starting pitching? I, I, I've said from the jump that I love this staff, and it's a shame that Eflin's knee has has um, been Ooh, a problem lately. That's a problem. I mean, they, they've got, I think, every one of them except for Suarez with a whip under 1.2, which is really good. Ooh. So I, 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 every time Nola, Wheeler, and Gibson are on the mound, I feel very comfortable. And if Suarez is back, it's healthy. I, I thought he was going to have a good year. So I, I you know, I'm going to give them a solid B plus with the pitching staff. But I do think if Eflin um, is, is still up in the air, they have to make a move there. 100%. Now, what about the bullpen? Uh, the bullpen, I'm going to give a C only because Ooh. they were, well, they were so bad. They were so bad at the beginning of the year. I'm, I'm grading on a curve and they've been really good on the back end. Typical so, teacher. Uh, well, hey, the bottom line is <laughs> great on a curve. Come well, on, bro. Well, if you, if you, if you listen, you for three or four years now, we've been understandably um, post traumatic stress syndrome when the bullpen would come in, right? True. And it's been hap- it happened again. It can able and familia, I mean, made you yearn for Hector Naris for crying out loud. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so if, if, if that's the case, you can't give him a, an A or a B. Because they were really bad at the beginning of the year, and they've really come on as of late, so I'm giving them a C. And the bench, I said the most under the radar signing we had was when we signed um, Camargo. Yes. And if Camargo had stayed healthy, and if Segura had stayed healthy, I I wouldn't have for, you know force fed um, Gregorius down your throat when he came back. I, that's how good I think Camargo is. I mean, he he's just removed from a 25 home run season a few years ago. So the guy can play. He's not one of these guys. If he plays a lot, you'll over he'll be overexposed. I don't buy that. I think he's a legit, yeah, he's not a Torres. Correct. He that's a great analogy right there. So um, in today's in today's baseball, and I said this, the 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 bench almost has to be defensive replacements more so than great sticks off the bench because you're not going to pinch hit for the pitcher anymore. Yep. So I would love to see if you have a four to one lead, you know, great outfielders take the corner spots, you know, that type of bench. But, um, with Camargo coming back healthy, um, he'll, 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 he'll solidify the bench. Um, this, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what you want to make out of um, – I'm drawing a blank on this uh, second-base shortstop kid that, that, that's been, been off. Um, Munoz. Munoz. Yeah, he's been, he's been, he's been, he's been a, a fine. Um, but, again, he's the kind of guy that I think fits the mold. If you play him too much, he'll be exposed. Yep. Um, and, you know, you, you, you could say your center fielder slash bench is the same thing. Because you don't know who the hell your center fielder is, so the the bench is probably a C. Um, the lineup is a, is a is a B until it it could be an A if JT and um, and Casianos get hot. Um, and the coaches since the change, I'm I'm going to give an A. I'm going to give an A. I like that. I like that. I like the coach and get an A I'm, now. I'm not, they got rid of the other one. He's no, he's not part of the. the true, staff. true. Now you're right. Al, what do you got, man? Al, Al looks like he's going through a wind tunnel again. Uh, but, uh, All right, so I would probably say bullpen. 
I'm gonna say a B plus. I'm gonna say a C plus, and I'm gonna use Dan's uh, analogy there because they were awful, and then they got together like they were like F minus. So you came a long way. So you can't go full B because they haven't been like that since for the whole season. Now, if you go from when we made the change in the manager to now, and you just use that, I would say a B. But uh, you can't use that that whole analogy there. Uh, you're running stuff, so I ain't see the rest. Yeah, yeah Tom, put the. Uh, there you go. My bad. Okay. My bad. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Bench, I would bench. I would say a C. Uh, player present. I would That's probably like anybody. say That's like anybody. Lineups. I would again. It is it, you got to go C plus because I it wasn't great in the beginning, and now it is great. So you can't give a full. I would give a B if I would do it after the manager and coach. You got to do the same thing C plus. That's only because of your, your switching. If we were all going from the manager to now, everything I think would be a B, almost on everybody's list. But yeah, I can't. I'm not, I know Dan's hard because he's a teacher, but you can't go full-fledged because of the way it started. We started awful. Everybody was like, what in the world is going on? Like, you see the stands was empty. Like, it was people going crazy. Like, we paid all this money for this? Like, what is this? So now you can say everything's back on track. And, and if everything stays the way it is, I can see Bs across the board at the end of the season. I like that, man. I'm going to be, listen, I'm going to kind of be in between. Uh, let's go through real fast. Um, we got Adam, Adam's checking in saying B is start pitching, bullpen C. Uh, he's got the bench as a B, position player C, lineup B, coach A. A lot of A's being brought out here, man. I, I don't know if this is the, the, if this is the honor roll or this is remedial or what, but we'll see what happens here. Uh, <laughs> rise and fire, man. E-bomb checking in. What's up, being a golf specialist? Sell me fire. Yo, listen, here, here's what I'll say. Start pitching to me. Um, you win or lose a pitching, and pitching's got to be an A for me. I'm sorry. I I I want to give B's and say, this has got to be an A because if if Noah wasn't fixed the way he was, listen, Wheeler came back from injury, was 0-3, and, and came back, got his velocity back, and just right away went absolutely ballistic and has been as good as advertised. Suarez, when he's right, is good. Even Eflin pitched good until the knee flared up. And then right. you know, guys like Bailey Falter come up and, and, and Christopher Sanchez that actually were serviceable for a few innings. So I got to get a start pitch in the A because I know they'll go out and they're going to get somebody else. Um, bullpen, to me, I ain't great on the curve because I'm not a teacher, uh, as you just heard me say, ain't. So what I will say is <laughs> I'm giving them an A. Okay, and I'm giving him an A because I buried my man Nelson, who's playing that Chad Durbin role from 2008, who just keeps chucking away. Alvarado picking up that cutter, which has been absolutely electric. And then the role that Corey Knable, not only did Rob Thompson sell Corey Knable the right way, but Corey Knable sold himself. And what I mean by that, he bought in. Corey Knable is a veteran. Say, you know what? I need to look in the mirror and figure out who I am. And, it, you know, he, yeah, he can be a little shaky from here and there, but he still gets the job done. So uh, from that perspective and Sir Anthony coming back from Tommy John and just blowing guys away in the ninth, I, I got to give him an A, man. The bullpen's got to be an A for me. The bench has got to be a B plus. Uh, if Mickey Moniak could actually hit a, hit a ball every now and then, I'd probably give him an A. Matt Verling has really held stuff together. You know, he's taken over for that stiff and scumbag Oduba Herrera. And then you got Moniak, who really can't hit yet. But let's say Verling has just been playing all over. And let's also say when we get the lineups, what about we give who's leading this team in hits right now? Anybody know? It's Alex Bohm. Alec Bohm leads the team in hits right now. Okay, who would have thought that Alec Bone would be the guy that you look to? Now, we talked about this. I, I know me and Dan specifically talked about this last year. What we liked about him was he was able to go to all sides of the field. He just couldn't hit for power. This year, he's putting it all together. 
So I'll tell you what, man, he's got that Richie Sexton type mold, man. If he can just grow into that, I'm telling you, I'm not saying he's going to be powerful like Richie Sexton, but he's got that tallness. He's got the length. He's got the reach. So I really like Bone. Uh, coaches, 100% to me is A+. Plus. And I don't care about Girardi. What I care about is absolutely right now. And we are six games out of first in the East, two games out of second in the East. And I think we're two games out of the wild card again, or maybe one, depending on, I, I really didn't look one game. Okay, so what I will say is this team was down and done. We, we were already cashing it in. We were already saying that, you know what, let's look to next year, man, this year is lost. And in a year where you have JT Romuto, who just finally caught fire, you barely have Bryce Harper, Gene Secura, who you guys are right. Everybody forgets he was the team's best hitter, 301 career average. Nobody else on the team has that. And the reason why, Al, that we can't stand Gene Secura is because he tore somebody's ACL indirectly <laughs> because he didn't yeah. run out of play. Okay, so we in Philadelphia, this is what we do, right? This is what we do. So um, no disrespect to anybody, but that's why we don't like Segura. But he will be one hell of a spark plug when he comes back. So I'm very, very, very excited about this team going for 100%. So, uh, Dan, Al, I'll go to Dan first. Dan, final thoughts on the Phillies before we go to the Sixers. It's funny. And, and again, the beauty of podcasting is it's opinion-based. Okay, oh, absolutely. And so... Uh, I don't care if, you know, Tony, you could jump down my throat. You know how on every team, no matter what sport it is, there's a player that you just don't like and you just can, you just, you just, for whatever reason, you can't like. Alec Bohm is that guy for me. I, I, I do not like him as a ball player. I, I've mentioned, from, yeah, sir, I don't like him as a ball player. I've mentioned from day one, I just never could stand his inside out swing. I don't think he can consistently turn on fastballs and to compare him to Richie Sexton is blasphemous. That Whoa, guy was a big time power hitter. Exactly. And did you big hear me? I said I wasn't talking about his power. I was talking about his stature. That's all I was talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, def- he's definitely got a he's he's definitely got a big frame and I hope he grows into it and does start yes. becoming more than a gap hitter. And and yep. believe it or not, um it, it, as poor a season as Castellanos has had, he actually leads the team in hits tone. He, he leads the team. He has more hits. average. Yeah. average then. Two no, no, no. six, I think. One of the two. Yeah, but the bottom line is, um, the bottom line is, we still haven't had. We, we were we were so sky high when they signed Schwarber and Castellanos. We had we had three or four guys hitting forty home runs. If you if you threw Hoskins in the mix, yep. and Hoskins has had a solid year with the stick. I still don't like his glove whatsoever, but he's been very solid with the stick. So I been really, really, really improved surprisingly. Yeah, no, I know he's making the plays on on the on the ground balls where he's diving. I just don't love the way he receives the ball from his fellow fielders. That's 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 the part that concerns me. And, but, and not to interrupt you, what you just said about leading hits, Cassiano. That's the problem. I didn't sign Cassiano as a game. Right. Right. We went I more. Give me power. Thirty-four home runs in Great American Ballpark. Yeah. I mean, this is Citizens Bank freaking park. You should be blowing them out every single night. Correct. So that's the problem. Their sister, their sister ballparks. They should, he should be hitting the same. Yeah. But yeah, I, I have faith that Nick will, will, will get his act together. And imagine when he does. That kid can rake. I, I so, agree. So I agree. It, just and imagine forget, when he gets it going. And forget the Al Jeff, my man Jeff. I follow Jeff at Audio Assassin. I got to give him a shout out, man. Just hook me up with the new mix for the Fantasy Firebox and the Final Judgment that will be released really, really soon. So uh, if you need a hit, you need a clip, you need a mix, make sure you hook them up. Old school mixing as a DJ. Saying people were talking about trading Wheeler and Schwerber. Exactly. People got crazy, Who? man. Who was saying that? No, there, there, there was a lot, a lot. Not Schwerber, so to speak, but Wheeler. He was the asset. If they were going to go down, it was all about Wheeler being that asset, that arm. Look, now it's time. And, and again, I, I completely we overreact. We overreacted, even though I'm Jigsaw is overreacting a lot himself. But um, but but I, I will say that. But um, yeah, they they're they're they are definitely, definitely coming. Al, final thoughts on the Phillies. Uh oh, I have a question for you guys. Uh oh. Are we finally have we finally solved our third baseman problem? Because in the beginning of the season, we was like we have nothing at third. Can we count on the kid and we're good now? He's working hard, man. That's all I say. He's working hard. Um, 
from what I've seen over the past, I would say 14, 15 games, and I've watched them religiously, he's made some big time, big league plays. Yeah. His uh, uh, you know, except for that one where he missed second base on the double play and, you know, he went out, oh, yeah. you know, but, yeah. but again, that, that's going to happen. You don't get your feet right. And he knows right. it, but where he's come from, from week one out uh, yes. for me. Yes. 100%. Oh my God. The, uh, I hate playing here and booze oh, yeah. and, uh, oh yeah. man. I mean, it seemed like that was last season when all of that happened. Well, he handled he has, it well. And he, he handled it beautifully, and his came back, got timely hits. He, he's throwing – I'm not – are you as worried now when he's throwing those over from third as you were in the beginning of the season? I'm not as worried as I used to be. Yeah, no, I'm not, man. I'm not. Okay. Uh, you know, he, he, he has – a lot of very, very live velocity on his throws. And it looks like he's coming a little more at the shoulder than from the hip. And I think that's working more. They must be working with him. Um, he's getting his feet set. And listen, when you have a big frame like that, that's why Randy Johnson was so great on the mound because he was so big and intimidating. And he just had to learn how to work his body. So, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm sold, man. What no, let doing? me ask you a question. Two, hold on. Oh, and, then sorry, two, two, and then three, two, well, actually one thing. We can have Segura, Harper, and who knows if we do a small trade, all coming back as like a trade line deal of getting all these guys coming back. I mean, think of that. We call Harper, Segura, and then a trade deadline move, maybe a pitcher, maybe an outfielder, who knows? I mean, wow. That coming yeah, back. Right. Sky's the limit. Sky's the You're limit. You're right. You're right. I mean, listen, we're, we just talked about off air before the show who's going to trade for Juan Soto. And you talk about a blockbuster deal. You're right. I mean, we're getting three primetime talents back <laughs> right in the nick of time, man. So, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's a good point. So, what I, what I was going to bring up real quick, Tone, is um, first off, it still surprised, surprised me they don't give JT more time off considering how well Garris Dubs has played. So I love our backup catcher, which is part of the bench. So I forgot. I, I was remiss to mention him. He's get, somebody he, give he's, that dude a pork chop though. That dude needs to eat. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, I mean, he, 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 he's, he's Craig. He's man, like right? a Craig, Craig Biggio when he was a catcher. Yeah, he's scary, man. Like he's going to break down running the yeah, first base, man. My Lord. <laughs> and here's a question I have for both you guys. Let's say it's year end and this player hits 275. 35 homers, 100 RBIs even. Reese Hoskins, what are we doing with his contract? Uh, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Do you point. really want him long-term on your team? No. I do not want him long-term. And there's no disrespect. You can't pay everybody. Right. right? Yeah, but, but how's Harp going to feel about that? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I get it, but He's Harp also knows. Here's the thing, though, Al. Harp also knows it's a business. Yeah, right. Yeah. He also knows it's a business. So, what I will say, Dan, is uh, and I ask both of you guys. I mean, we could be watching his eventual replacement right now on Derek Hall. Yeah, yeah and it, I was thinking, you know what I was thinking about that the other night too. I was yep. thinking about that, but it, you know how hard it would be to let Reese walk. Money, man. <sighs> Money. We're not the Dodgers. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, but right. Man, that this kid better light it up the rest of the season off the bench and all, they have, they have some other and all of yeah. that. And and how much is he even going to play when Hart comes back? Dan, do you think I, you can take over for him? No, I think I think Derek Hall is one of those kids that is again, if you play him a long stretch, he can be exposed. You think so, huh? Yeah, I do. Okay, I do. Okay. Um, okay. I I. I, I I'm drawing a blank. I, I always read stuff on the system, and and there's another young kid that's got some pop at first base, and I'm, I can't think of his oh, name right now. Oh, yeah, so, so hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that. I mean, that's what you do. I mean, it, it is it, what you do. A guy like yeah. a guy like Hoskins who has moments of being very productive, but then has you yeah. know ad nausea moments where he's you know one for twenty five three yeah. times a year and it, and his glove is just not consistent enough. You know, you have to have someone behind him in the system that he, should it be easily to take his place. You should, 
You can't, you can't, he's not a fixture type ball player, in my opinion. Let me tell you something. He could be going at the deadline. That's what I'm saying. So and you're, you're not going to sign him. Maybe, maybe he gives you a very solid pitcher in return. Listen, if if you turn Reese Hoskins into a number two pitcher, you can go three deep. Yes, sir. And you can get Derek Hall wow. to play first base. Yeah, the rest wow. of the year. Yeah. Yes, you, you, you have. Yeah. Listen, I'm not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's something. And listen. Don Bro is looking at every angle. That dude is a, a if you can do that, machine. Woo, if you can do that, oh my goodness. Now who nobody would complain. Nobody would say anything. It would just be fine. Now, now if you can't do that, then that's a problem. Right. Especially this season. But to Tone's point, he's ex- he's gonna be exploring Reese Hodgson yeah. trade off the guarantee. Because I don't Yeah. Wow, imagine so, yeah, if we so- could get that picture. Oh my it, goodness! It, it, it'll oh. be interesting, and we got another 82 games left, right for the Phillies. But we got it. We got to talk a little Sixers right now. Um, and again, I you know I bring up the Sixers because I don't want to talk about James Harden and giving up money and all that. I listen, I, whatever, whatever. Let's not. Uh, I'm not you think that's, that's no not, big deal? No, it's it's been talked about uh, enough. Okay. I'm good. Uh, like I get it. <laughs> there's there's an ulterior motive, whatever. Listen, I'm glad he did it. This is a deeper team. Al, yeah, when you get this two-minute warning tuned up, you can talk about it all damn day, okay? But what I will say, okay, is I want to know, Al, where the hell is Doc Rivers? And, and uh, you know, the, the funny thing about Doc is, you know, he's very arrogant. We all know as a head coach, I am the best, and, you know, nobody can ask, upstage me, and nobody can tell me what to do, yada, yada, whatever. Uh, but... You're in an off season where you just made a ton of interesting moves. An off season that was filled with adversity because of James Harden the way it ended, and an off season that was talked about almost every single player on this team except Joel Embiid was rumored to be moved. Uh, you know, before draft, yeah. everybody was available, and there's yes. still no Doc Rivers. Still yeah. no Doc Rivers now. What I will say is Doc actually he must have ESP because before this show he resurfaced today and he talked with Marcus Spears on ESPN yes. and right and this is what Doc had to say which is interesting he says Doc Rivers told me this morning that the discount that James Harden gave the Sixers allowed them to get PJ Tucker Daniel House and in process DeAnthony Milton we know that they got tougher he says they got more serious they got more depth on the bench Harden has actually been working out with San Cassell. we saw that right he looks in great shape but again here's my problem he looks in great shape, right? He, he says he looks in great shape, right? Well, well, Doc, are you paying attention? That's what I need to ask. Rivers is trying to draw inspiration from something he did while coaching the Boston Celtics in 08. He took a legendary squad to Italy for training camp and route to a world championship. So he says the Sixers are going to do this again with Doc. And they're going to go for the first time they're going to Charleston, South Carolina to get away from family, to concentrate on basketball and each other as a team, get their camaraderie together. And along with basketball, Doc wants them, which I really like this. I dig this a lot. Doc wants them to work on American history, to learn some American history. They're probably going to go to a slave museum. There's nothing like trying to learn even when you're an adult because the brain never stops learning. You become ignorant to certain facts because you're worried about other things so it's good that he's bringing all that stuff back to light so i do respect that the problem is al what i don't respect is him not being around what's the deal i don't know it's very interesting i mean i've, I've been seeing even more he's been tweeting a little bit here and there uh you'll hear uh players saying not much but a little bit even uh james has been posting and doing stuff. They're out at parties. You know, probably this is the first time I've heard from him since the offseason is, is saying, and it's not directly from him. It's it's through Mark, Mark Spears. So exactly. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why he hasn't thought that he should come out and say something. Um, I did see, matter of fact, now that I think about it, I have seen... Uh, one time, uh, TMZ caught him at an airport, huh. and he said something stupid. It wasn't nothing of course. that was relevant. But uh, I, I, me, I, I would have came out. I would have made sure I said something. He's not a tweeter, 
but you can throw it through Woj or you can throw it through uh, whoever and say, I'm very happy about my moves. I got a lot of win. I got a lot of additions for my wing. I got a shooter. I got a, a stopper and a defensive guru. I mean, say anything. I mean, come on. Be as excited as we were and we are about the upcoming season. And you're the coach. I don't want to hear from Maury. I want to hear from you. So I don't, I don't, you think we should wait till training camp, which is in October, to wait to hear from our coach about the moves that we have made? I agree. I agree. It doesn't make any sense. Again, he's not a Twitter guy, but you, all you had to do is exactly what you did is to go through Spears and say whatever you want to say through whoever to get the message out that you're very happy with what's going on right now and what could possibly still happen. Because, again, we're July what? What's today? Is the 19th? Yep. So he still has a sign. That tells me something's still working and they're trying to max out something else before he signs his deal. So it still could be something else. So you try to tell me if Tobias is moved or Thibault is moved, you're still going to be quiet, Doc? Like, what is going on? We do exactly. need to hear from you. We need something, Dan. We, right. we I don't know what this says to you, Dan, right? But here, here you know, I'll mention Tobias. Right, Tobias' highest paid sixer, thirty-seven point six million dollars this year. Last year, seventeen point two, six point eight, three point five. When we talk about uh, points, rebounds, and assists, but Dan, what what is what is this deal with Doc Rivers? Like, you know, you're you're a coach. You've coached kids. I've coached kids. I know Al's coached kids, and you know Al is spot on. I'm curious, what do you think? Like, does does Doc just think that we should just bow down to the Almighty here, like Bobby Lashley in the WWE? I mean, come on, man. Like all of a sudden, MVP is Daryl Morey. Like, Dan doesn't know who that is, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He don't know who the Almighty is. But uh, but Dan, what's to say to you, man? What's to say to you about that uh it, it's, it, it, to me it's almost a sign of complacency and laziness and he's not vested in this city or this team um i, I think he's not, I, I think he's I I, well i mean we've all we've been questioning his coaching strategies and moves i, I don't know if i i don't know if this stage of his career he's going through the motions and he's going on his reputation you know like what you wouldn't you wouldn't say that to pop well, True. you know, maybe we wouldn't have said it to you that. 10 years ago, Doc, but as of late, you haven't impressed anyone. So, I, I it's you know, is he is he in L.A. the whole offseason? Golfing is his interest, and, you know, he's I, – I just don't feel like he's vested in this team. Like, Sirianni, you might not like the guy a lot, but you can just tell he's going to be – Don't sorry, interrupt you here. Don't interrupt news. you. Got a little breaking news here from John Heyman. Uh, report. I know this is a basketball segment, but I got to throw this out there because it means a lot to the Phillies. Uh, report Jacob DeGrom update on Sunday. Jake presented with mild muscle soreness around his shoulder. Still, he played catch on Monday, Tuesday without an issue, but still was sore. And out of an abundance of caution, they have opted to move his simulated game to Thursday. More to come. That's a Listen, I had to, that's very important because yep. if the right if the Mets don't have DeGrom and Scherzer, right. that, that's an issue. But I'm sorry, Dan, go ahead. Just wanted to update everybody else. No, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, I I I've never felt that he felt that that there was a connection with Doc and this city. And to me that 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 has that is important. You know, say we I, this might be the dumbest thing I ever said, but no, Brett no. Brown, as bad a coach as he was, you, you it seemed like he cared about the city at the very least. Hundred percent. That's not even a doubt. Dan, no, that's thanks, not bro. even a doubt. He loved this city. Right. And, and you can feel wish, it through I, him. And I wish I wish Doc had that type of yeah. um charisma about his love for the city and, and the intelligence that he used to have as a coach. And I don't know if he's just going through the motions and collecting a paycheck and he happens to be hopefully a part of a good squad that you know, we'll sugarcoat some of his um, complacency just because of the talent they have. But, but, go ahead. Part, of, part of what um, is the fiber of the city is players and coaches feel our pain, feel um, the losses like we do. 
and want to be happy when we win, like we do. And when the players feel that and know that and go with it, we love them. And he is like a sourpuss, like, yeah, we just won the championship, but you guys didn't think we were going to win it anyway. That type of attitude. Instead of, I did it for you guys. You guys deserve this. This was all for you. That type of thing. Like, Like when LeBron said, Cleveland, this is for you. They love they all everybody's all in Cleveland always not that they weren't were all already, but that that's what you want to hear. I mean, everybody when we won the Super Bowl with the Eagles and that that chip over here, that's what we want to hear that they loved our city like we do, and they they did it for us. And he he doesn't get it. I don't know if he ever is gonna get it, and it might be to his detriment that he might be out of here uh because. Is this not is this not in him to to feel what we feel? Unfortunately. All right, yeah, so we're, we're, all, we're all on board with that. It sounds yeah. like good yeah. point. And Javon, what's up, Javon? Checking in says I might be in the minority, but after how the season ended, I'd rather not hear from Doc until training camp. <laughs> nah, Javon, I'm with you, man. I just hey, you know what? The last thing I'll say is about this is I don't care if he didn't say anything at all. But you got a guy in Isaiah Joe balling his ass out in summer league. You think maybe, may, and I know we don't like the young guys, but come on, Doc, you can't come out and give the guy a little, uh, you know, a little pat on the back to me, like, man, that was Isaiah Joe, man. Uh, you know, that's must see TV right now, man. We hope to get that guy some minutes, like something that your players Why was know. He and, there? Right? Well, Why was well, he yeah. there? Yeah. What, what else? You got that's something better? Point. Do that's that? another good point. Yeah, you should have been there. I seen all of the coaches almost almost I can't say 30. I didn't say I seen 30 at, at Summer League, but I seen probably about 20. And it's near and it's not far from him. Ben Simmons is at Summer League. He lives near there. Right. What what else did you have better to do than to be at Summer League for a couple of games? He's going through the motions, Al. He's collecting yeah, a paycheck. Your, He's going through the motions. Please let your players see that you're watching them. You great job. You know, that type of thing. Encouragement. I agree, man. I agree, man. It's a shame. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. But listen, we're 47 minute mark, and and we, we had another topic, but I'm going to push that the next week. Okay. We're going to go to underappreciated stuff because I think we can get a whole big segment with that, and it's going to be fun. Dan came up with that. I want to push that the next week because, again, we're, we're still – a month away from some real hard-nosed football talk, so we'll need those segments uh, to fill in. But I, I want to end on something fun. Really curious about this. So, you know, I told you guys I was hanging out with the neighbors the other night, and you know, every now, I, you know, if you don't believe this or not, I'm I'm a, I'm very excitable, right? I, I tend to jump the gun a little bit, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I know everybody's giving me that look, but um. But the issue of tipping came up. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I am a tremendous tipper. Okay. I really am. I'm, I'm 25, 30%. That's what I do. Um, I, I, I get it. Whether it's, I do, whether it's my hair, whether it's my food, whatever. But speaking of food, what came up was, and I, this is a really interesting point. And please, everybody listening, I want to hear your thoughts on this. And, and honestly, not because I'm trying to get clicks or any of that, because I'm really curious to see how people think with this. So this is going to be, we're, we're talking takeout tipping strategies, okay, on Jigsaw's Chronicles. Now, when you order your food and you pick it up, I want to know, do you tip? Because I'm going to be quite honest, I don't. And now I'm questioning maybe I'm supposed to. Like, I, I pick up the phone, and I call the pizza joint, and I want a large pizza. Okay. And fries. I go there to pick it up. A- am I required to tip? Mm, no. and am I wrong no. if I don't tip? I, I say no. Okay. No. Well, Absolutely not. I- I- I'm glad you guys said that because I- I- I'm glad I'm not in the minority. But I was getting scolded. By really? a bartender. Well, listen to this. By well, a bartender well. and, a, and a girl who's a hostess that just says, to, to be honest, you know, when you order your food, I take the order, I prepare the order, and I make sure it's right. Right? So so here, that, that, hear me out for a second before we get the comments. And I said, okay, I understand that. Right? I get it. But I think either way, and, and sorry, no, we don't have no FCC rules here, but either way, I think I'm a jerk off. You know why? Because, <laughs> wait, well, here's the deal. Right? Here's the deal. You know that. If I drop a dollar 
on the receipt, they go, look at this cheap guy, right? If I don't give nothing, it's like, oh, look at this dude, couldn't even tip, right? So really, what do I do? And, and, and here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say before, before I get to your comments. The, the one neighbor had a great comeback, and he said to the girl, he said, okay, I got a question for you. Do you tip at McDonald's? And the girl said, what? Like, do you tip at McDonald's? And the girl's like, no. Good question. Because they're taking your order and they're preparing your food. You know what she said, though? She said, yeah, but 90% of the time they get your order wrong. So, I mean, at the end of the day, okay. Can't have it both ways. Can't have it both ways. No way. But but, but let me me talk to you. Tipping, take out tipping strategies. Well, I I never, I never even, never even. First of all, like the places I usually pick up my food are at uh, like a Chinese restaurant or a pizza joint. Right. And and a lot of those places, it's the owner that I already know and recognize is picking up the phone. So it's it, it, to me, the tip is based on the service you get from the waitress or the waiter in and out of the kitchen, pour, constantly filling up your water, bringing you napkins without you asking, refilling your Coke without you asking. That kind of thing. And to, when, you, when I saw this topic, I, I thought of this. Many, many years ago, Pennsylvania wasn't always a, a, a pump gas um, yourself kind of state. Okay. My, my grandfather, he was, he was a, a hardworking butcher his whole life. And when he retired, he, he worked for Getty at, at a gas station. Getty station. And, um, wow. and I remember Old him school. talking yeah. about, I slept over his house, you know, little, you know, the little kid sleeping over his grandfather's house. And he was, they were talking about how he got a nice tip. And I'm thinking, you, you give the guy that pumped your gas a tip? I didn't, I didn't really realize that. So, so th- that always has um, popped in my head when I'm in states that the person is pumping my gas. Should I tip him? My grandfather appreciated it. So, like, where do you draw the line? Any person, like, you, you know, that's, that guy's providing a service. They're inhaling fumes all day. You know, so, so where do you draw the line? I ultimately say that um, when you just pick up food at a counter, no one's providing a service that their service is the, pay, the amount of money you owe them for that food. Right. Right. No, no, I, I agree. You know, now, Bill, check it in, says, no, I don't. Okay, Bill, at least we have another one. That, and again, I, I, I'm really, after what I heard, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to change my stance a little bit. Um, Adam says, I tip at the restaurant and for delivery. Because here, here's what I'm saying. Al, this is my issue. What I'm, what I'm afraid of is that quite possibly maybe these, you know, boys or girls or women or, or men, whoever these hosts are taking the orders, maybe they're getting paid a lot less under the percentage, under the thoughts that they're supposed to get tipped, even though they're only taking orders. And that would really suck, right? Well, post-COVID, really though. Suck. Post-COVID, they, don't they ask, out and they ask you at the register now, post-COVID, would you like to add a tip? And then when they when they ask you that question, I can never say no. And then I throw, like, 5 to $10 I haven't got it. that, though. I haven't, got, post- I haven't got that question. When, when I've, got, I've gotten a lot post-COVID. But pre-COVID, I wouldn't even think of tipping pick up food. Well, now yeah, everything I mean, I, not that on it. Never even. That's the cra- this is crazy. The crazy part about this conversation, I have never even thought about it. Never, Me neither. Ever, ever, right? Never crossed my mind to tip somebody because I'm picking it up. What? Why? Why? Why should I? For what? Exactly. Exactly. William, for what reason? And then what percentage do you give them? If you give them, a, yeah. like you said, Tony, if you give them a, a dollar, he's, like, oh, he's a cheapskate. You know, if you yes. don't give him anything, you can say, oh, well, wow, you couldn't even give me a quarter. You know, so <laughs> you can't win, man. You can't now, win. No, I, I do agree. I, I commend you for what did you say? You do 25 percent. I do 25, 30 wow. percent. So they I started 20. My, I started 20 myself. And then if I love the waiter or waitress, I'll go well beyond that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I mean, um, yeah, I, I appreciate good service, but. I mean, I, I never even thought of that. But and then when you use the analogy of McDonald's, you, you're right. You never yeah, Burger what? King, wherever. Wawa. Do you, well, do you yeah, tip what? the person at Wawa? No. What about I, Wawa? I, I always tip the right. kids at Rita's, though. Now, Rita's, I always, I yeah, yeah, I, the I kid, do. The, yeah, the kid. I put it normally. They have a little jar right there, so you yeah, put money nice. inside the jar. Yeah, yeah I do but, that. But but here's the thing, real fast about Wawa. They're probably the hardest working son of a bitches I've ever seen behind that deli counter. 
Okay. Right. They're, they're making food so damn fast. They got a yeah. hundred people sitting there staring at them. Saliva, they deserve that, saliva it dripping down their face. Right. Yeah. Where's my freaking meatball sandwich. Right. Like, I mean, these poor kids are under the gun. So they, they get, they should get the most if we're talking about this on yeah. anybody. But they there's nothing there. Tip, they say have a tip jar right over top where the, where the, uh, where you get all of your sandwiches from. They said oh, a tip I, jar right there. I didn't see that. I never saw that. No, I said they should. They should. Oh, have they should, yeah. Jar. Yeah, huh? because they are working very, very hard. Now, good question for you since you're talking about the gas station, Dan. I don't go over Jersey very often, but they have always pumped your gas. So do people in Jersey tip their guy? If the guy's out there... 10 and degrees I, and you can't wait to push your button to roll up the window to tell him that, hey, I want you to fill up. Has, has anybody ever tipped them? Well, it's funny because I grew up in Jersey. I, I moved here when I got married. So I, I, I and, and that's that story always resonated with me because my grandfather mm -hmm. lived in northeast Philly. So when I was a kid, apparently you pumped your own gas or, or the attendants pumped your gas in Philly. So every. So, but but in Jersey, it's like the observation you use is like you almost can tell that the worker owns the gas station sometimes, or okay. or, the, or their family business. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's like do you do you tip the ownership, and that that's always the dilemma. But if okay. but there have been times that when it was a a, a high school kid that I knew, I would I would throw him a couple bucks. Yeah, I mean, but I, but but when you, when I sense it's ownership or relationships to the ownership. In, in certain industries, I don't. I, no, the answer is no. I, you, I, your yeah. service is being paid for by generally overpriced products to begin with. <laughs> yes, I, yes. I mean, listen, that's a good point. It, it is. It's a good point. I like, like I said. I, you know, I don't know how this works as far as you know labor and 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 how they get paid and things of that nature. I just I'm with Al. It came up. I never thought about it, but I will think differently about it in certain in certain circumstances. I will, but uh, I, I'll tell you what, though, man. I, I, I'm gonna be honest, man. If I leave a tip and I get home, my food's wrong. I'm gonna be one pissed off person. I'm just yeah. throwing it out. But, but ask uh, yeah. ask your friend about. Um, I went He's to the home. movies for the first time in in, in since COVID, right? Okay. And, I had there was three young kids working behind behind the counter. My wife got a large popcorn, a soda. I ordered uh, a pretzel bites. Um, but but you know it's like and then it's like forty dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they it's so damn expensive. Like why would you, you don't even think to tip? But those kids are working hard. It's no different from your friend who's arguing That's for true. the hostess. So but right. but 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 because of the pricing is so outrageous with some things, it's like you don't even think of it. That's what yeah. I think what happens. I think I think a lot of these servers are getting screwed because even people that would be more susceptible to tip kind of draw back short pockets a little bit because everything is so overpriced yeah. and expensive. Yeah, so, you're, you're right. Um, you 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 go you know? with three, four people to the movies and and it's thirty, forty, fifty dollars and. That person actually is hustling back there, slipping on popcorn and everything yep. else. They probably yep. do deserve a tip, but you don't. Even, you're not even, again. It doesn't even cross your mind, right. Because you're paying so much for the product. You're right, Dan. And, and listen, shout out to all the workers out there. This is no disrespect at right. all. It's an right. honest topic that I was really curious about. Like I said, I I I, I tip very handsomely and. I think this will change my stance a little bit uh, for for the positive as well uh, in certain circumstances, obviously. But um, listen, as always, man, Heat Ratio Sports, where you find us at Heat Ratio Sports on all social formats. Uh, you got Al Griffin, two-minute warning. You'll be checking him out. Dan Old School Green with his quick tape and kicking ass with the flyer and ice shows all week. Um, me, Tony J. Socatillo, uh, little insight. Uh, looks like uh, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but... Uh, we'll be I doing don't want to let the cat out of the bag. No, no, I, you know, I got something in the in the works, and I'll let you. I'll let everybody know. Uh, but until then, um, it looks like going to Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday there will be three nights a week of the final judgment at ten o'clock Eastern. Uh, so, um, and I got some fancy segments uh tuned up as well. Uh, on different networks that'll be announced pretty soon. And then uh, Fantasy Firebox will be back on Saturday mornings. Uh, and then, as always, man, Sirius Satellite Radio 9 to 11, the Wind Daily Show uh, on Sunday nights. And Wind Daily Sports 
Never know when you're going to pop up on there, whether it be baseball or basketball. Uh, but for everybody, as always, checking in, supporting, uh, been tremendous. Uh, Adam says, yes. Adam says, are you guys going back to Steve? Yeah, Adam, listen, here's the deal, man. Summertime, people vacation, not vacation, back and forth. So it's been too much. Uh, but yes, the the, the uh, invitation is always there and open. I plan on doing at least one preseason game uh, and doing either biweekly or monthly shows. It may look to be monthly. We'll see uh, because it, again, there's a lot of work to set everything up and get out there and, and to drive and everything. But uh, yes, we will be back there uh, as well. So as always, everybody. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for your comments and your suggestions. Hit us up on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. We'll catch you next week. Everybody stay safe and stay healthy. And thank you again.